The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Tom and his computer issues. Yeah, now now I can see it. All right. I am here. Hello, everybody. It's later, and Tom's ready to go now. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and live episode of Just Some Podcast. I am Tom, the bald wonder. The bald wonder? Wow. (laughs) Why not? I told my wife it was about time for me to go Stone Cold Steve Austin on my head and just shave it bald, but... Uh, well, you see, I still have hair, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, how did she take the news? Um, she wanted to shave it herself. Um, well, good luck, sir. It is a, uh, it's an experience the first time you feel a breeze on your head. I'm sure that it is, and yeah, we'll go from there. Yes. So, how are things uh, your way, Mr. Ben? We are still uh, working on getting prepped for uh, COVID-19 whenever it comes. We are seeing cases here, but nothing uh, too horrible. What about your way? Pretty much the exact same Um my facility and most facilities in my area uh, are doing a lot of cross training. So that way, in case of a surge of patients, we can help at whatever facility or other department as needed. And so I've done some cross training, but other than that, uh, it's business as usual. Understandably so. Uh, We're doing a lot of telehealth still trying to get, uh, that ball rolling, and that seems to be going well. So, correct. Uh, the The telehealth has been an interesting um, addition. I'm still getting used to that. Haven't had as many technical difficulties with that so far, but it has been uh, very interesting to be able to reach out and talk to patients. And honestly, there are a lot of visits. I hope that this sticks around for. Me too. That it's a Absolutely. lot easier on everybody to just make, just to make this quick visit. Um, but at the on the flip side, there's a uh, several visits that I can't wait for the patients to be back so that we can actually do the physical exam, right, and be a little more thorough. No, I one of the things that I have noticed is uh, my patients. You know, we have the ability now that um, they can still be at work and they can take a five minute break and, and see me as opposed to having to take a half a day off or a full day off. Uh, so I think in some aspects that is very beneficial. Um, and we'll see if that is something that insurance companies will continue to allow once COVID-19 is over or not. I find it um, painful to hear the words. We have to ask insurance companies if we're allowed to continue to do such Um I, I think I there's <laughs> there, there there's still there's still the big debate 
And a lot of people are like, well, this is what we should do to fix healthcare. This is what we should do to fix healthcare. Honestly, I think the first thing we need to do is reform how insurance companies basically get to tell providers how we operate. And that's that's how I feel. Again, I don't disagree with you. But uh, you know, we so, uh, want to get paid, so there's that. Well, yeah, I mean, money does grease the wheels of healthcare. I mean, it it would be a lie to say it doesn't. I just feel when people talk about they know what's best for healthcare, perhaps getting insurance out of the direct stream of healthcare would probably be a good start. That's just my feeling. I'm with you. Um, I know. That so you, uh, go go ahead, sir. I was going to ask. So, uh, what are you drinking, Ben? Um, Pepsi Zero Sugar Wild Cherry, no calories, high caffeine. What are you drinking, Tom? Um, I am drinking a bourbon and mixed with Sprite. And why is because that? because we have some fantastic followers who for the past i'd say at least 24 hours have been we would really like tom to be drinking during this next episode so yeah, i do what the listeners ask I, I, well i do know why I, I tried to tell you that they were uh baiting you but you didn't listen so it's okay <laughs> baiting me you, you make it sound like it's a bad thing <laughs> go back and listen to the alcohol episode tom okay that was one time <laughs> And that was a long time ago, Ben. So you can't keep you can't keep hammering me with yes, I that can. one episode. Yes, I can. Well, I don't remember you coming off as Tom Brokaw during that episode myself. So I'm just saying. Anyway, Thomas, <laughs> do you? Uh, yeah. Do you have the recent statistics? I I know you're normally our statistics guy. At least you have been with these episodes. I do, um, and well, Ben, they're bigger than last time. Well, I'm not surprised. So, in the United States, currently, according to the CDC, we have 605,390 confirmed cases of COVID-19, and we are currently sitting at 24,582 deaths. That's as of a few minutes ago. Uh, for the world, we are looking at 2,056,055 confirmed cases of COVID-19 <laughs> and 33,572 deaths contributed to COVID-19. And I think I think that's one of the things we're, we're talking about tonight, correct? About how COVID is being labeled? Yeah, there's lots of things that I think we wanted to talk yeah. about and then get some... Uh feedback um also i did a watch party on my own personal facebook and so there's people commenting over there too uh tom so sam if you're commenting over there i'm gonna jump over on the uh, jsp page where sam where uh, tom can read your comments i'm sure he'd appreciate that he lovingly called the alcohol episode the chet episode so yeah okay well <laughs> he is the <laughs> the catalyst behind that so he doesn't get to say anything about that either i don't i don't appreciate it all right well the other thing i wanted to do before we got too far into uh the stuff that 
irritated me with conspiracy theories this week is yeah. wanted to give a shout out to Tony uh, Shaver. He's Absolutely. a nurse practitioner and he's done some videos trying to help educate the public on COVID-19 and trying to help dispel some of the rumors that are out there. And so he'd kind of given us a shout out and we appreciated that and wanted him to know that we did hear that and we did appreciate it. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tony, and I know he was here last time. I'm hoping he shows up again tonight. Um, couple things. No, Tony, I am not, I do not have my doctorate. Um, that's something I hope to finish sometime, but, but currently I voluntarily withdrew from a DNP program at the time. Nothing specific. Um, just mentally I was like, no, I got a lot of my plate and I thought better academically to take a hiatus and return to it with both guns a blazing when I was ready versus trying to complete it now when I just really was not mentally up to the task. And and that's the bold truth on that. Fair um, enough. Second, I would really like to talk to Tony about, um, well, um, what's the word? Well, the fact, let, let's just throw it out there. He's a St. Louis Blues fan, and I don't really know how to feel about that. Uh, as a loyal Columbus Blue Jackets um, enthusiast, it, it's hard to accept anything from a St. Louis Blues fan. And how long, so, and, and how long have you liked that team? You, you make it sound like it's a lifelong. As long as they've, as long as they've existed, Ben, don't don't act like this. Don't don't do this to me, Ben. <laughs> See, the uh, crowd goes wild. Six right months. There. Six months there. <laughs> six months. Six months. It's been a tad longer than that. Not as long as you've been on the Cowboys uh, bandwagon, but... Is it really a bandwagon you know, anymore? It's... I have a tattoo. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, you were giving me a hard time. I, I thought I'd give you a hard time. <laughs> I thought it was fair. fair it was enough. a fair uh, thing to do. But, uh, I mean, the very fact that he's a hockey fan, hey, bonus points, but come on. St. Louis. Well, let's 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 do a little better than that, Tony. Not the Bruins. <laughs> and, and, oh God! <clears throat> Don't See? even say Bruins. Good Lord. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's better the Blues than the Bruins. So we'll go with that. See, but always a positive, Tom. <laughs> there, there is always a positive. So that, but. Tony, we do appreciate it. It was um, really nice and appreciate everything you had to say. So that was cool. What else do you want to oh, talk about, boy. Tom? Well, I, I don't know. I was kind of wondering, usually the last time, last two times we've done this, there's already been like 10 questions. I don't see any questions. So um, I know one of the things... I wanted to talk about and I don't want to get because we do have non-healthcare listeners. I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I have seen multiple references to um, I'll answer that here in a minute, Rachel, but the, the short answer is no. Um, basically about ARDS and is COVID-19 and again, for those that are new to this or haven't listened very often, 
COVID-19 is the term Ben and I uh, usually address this newest infection by. Uh, you might call it coronavirus, uh, Wuhan coronavirus, etc. We just choose to umbrella all those terms under COVID-19. So if you hear us say that, um, that's what we're talking about. And for Jennifer, neither. So um, going back to this, I've seen multiple references to is COVID in the blood, is COVID a lung infection, um, about ARDS, and honestly, some misunderstanding of exactly what's going on or, or how it's affecting people. So what I'm going to go over right now is primarily what ARDS is. I will say that this is still relatively a new infection and over time we may learn some new things about it or have a deeper understanding but currently what we do know is that it doesn't directly attack any components of the blood it doesn't affect platelets or anything like that what it does do is it, it affects the blood by attacking the lungs and what i mean is is that's where oxygen gets put into the red blood cells covid attacks the lining or causes a reaction in the lining of the uh, air sacs within your lungs that membrane is usually extremely thin which is what allows oxygen to pass through and enter the red blood cells which is then carried throughout the rest of your body as this damage occurs, there is fluid or thickening of that membrane to the point where oxygen can no longer get to those red blood cells uh, into something we call hemoglobin. And so therefore they cannot carry that oxygen to the rest of your body. So I think that there's a misunderstanding. Sometimes people look at it and go, well, it's affecting the hemoglobin. It's not directly affecting the hemoglobin. It's preventing the oxygenation of the red blood cells which then cannot carry that oxygen throughout the body. So ARDS is not a new phenomenon to COVID. This is a, a very wide moniker for lots of different disease processes or injury processes that can happen to your lungs. So when you see the term ARDS, it's not something they made. It's not new to COVID. It's just what pulmonologists are using to explain that lack of oxygenation and what is contributing to the demise of some of these patients. And speaking of demise of patients, Tom, <laughs> you slide okay. right into my first topic that I wanted to talk about. All right. Lots of posts out there. And I have found that I really um, have thoroughly started enjoying the snooze option on Facebook, you know, snooze someone for 30 days. Uh, oh, yeah? I haven't found that yet, so... Uh, I can show you where it's at when you get offline. Um, <laughs> I probably need it. Oh, you definitely need it. Uh, there's lots of posts out there now, every death is a COVID death, or people are dying with COVID, not from COVID, and, you know, if it's not a gunshot or a car accident, then we're putting COVID on it to get funding. Um... Uh, horseshit. Um, it's not tied to funding in any way, shape, or form. Hospitals have gotten money from the bailout, um, much like a lot of citizens did apparently today, since 
my Facebook lit up about that. Uh, you know, the oh, yeah. stimulus checks. Uh, so hospitals are getting the stimulus check regardless of whether they're having deaths related to COVID or not. So it's not tied to that. As far as from a coroner standpoint, um, which I feel like I can speak to given my history, if someone has COVID-19 and they have cardiac disease and let's say their cardiac disease is stable, but then they have a heart attack and die. COVID-19 is going to be listed as a contributing cause, not the sole cause, not, oh my God, they had COVID, so we need to count this in the deaths. It's that it's listed as a contributing cause because that illness puts stress on the body to the point that they succumb to their illness. Same with anything else as far as, um, you know, if I have a person pass away, I can say it's cardiopulmonary arrest related to their coronary artery disease, related to their hypertension, related to their diabetes. Not saying that that is the sole cause of death, but it all kind of includes in the totality of it. So there's no tide to funding. There's not, um, you know, there's no award that you get for having the most COVID deaths. And so that's why we need to list them all as that. It's the fact that we're trying to accurately track information and we're trying to accurately report that information appropriately. And I think people who come out and say, oh, well, they're just doing this for the money or, oh, they're just doing this to, to pad the counts. You're kind of calling into ethics or you're trying to, you're kind of calling into the ethical uh, nature of the providers that are taking care of these patients. So that's my, my spiel on that, Tom. Well, Hold on, I'm answering a question. You're allowed. Dang it. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think, again, this goes back. It harkens to all the people that they need something. They they don't want to believe that this is that terrible. And if they can say the stats are padded, then they can continue to try and say that this isn't as bad as everyone's saying and that their conspiracy theory is the most correct. Unfortunately, we do know that countries um, such as Italy, I, I don't know if I honestly have not looked and seen if they have updated their policy, but I know up to approximately 30 days ago that they were basically using that method. If you died in the hospital and there was a positive COVID death, they were contributing it to COVID. I don't know what the rhyme or reason. I don't know if it was a short-term approximation that they were trying to get some numbers. I, I honestly don't have a answer from their medical agency that explained that, or if there is something more in depth, I can just tell you that that was their response when they were asked about the sharp uptake in COVID deaths. I can agree with you that 
that's not what is going on and people who are out of the loop or think they know more than they actually know are trying to say that anytime it's listed that we're trying to say it's a COVID-19 death, which is not true. It may be a contributing factor, as you pointed out, but I think this is, this goes back to people, they need it. They need some explanation so that the boogeyman isn't as big as they thought. Trying to because I don't have, I don't have any other reason. Trying to apply logic to an illogical world. Yes. Yes. And, and I could understand that if that was the complete, um, if that was the complete reason, if they came out and just said that, they're like, look, I don't know any other way to explain this. So that's what I did to explain it. I could go, oh, okay, well, that's fine. You know, let's, let's talk about it and maybe help keep you up to speed. But I realistically don't think that's what's going on with most people. I think they want to argue like they, they need to feed into the machine. And if they don't want to believe that COVID is terrible, then that's one way of trying to uh, chisel away at the numbers and say, well, that's just not true. They're not giving you accurate numbers because they don't want to believe it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, there was an earlier question from Pam. Are they now including probable cases of COVID in the count and not just confirmed? Are we talking cases as far as death or cases as far as actual quote-unquote COVID cases and if that's the case then I believe it's just the confirmed cases um yeah I don't think um that there has been any counting of possible COVID that this is strictly on people that have confirmed cases of COVID-19 which is also part of the the problem that we're dealing with in healthcare is this is why we're saying we need more testing. We need to have a better understanding of what truly the threat that we're dealing with out there. So I think that this is strictly from what I have read. Um, this is strictly on COVID-19 confirmed cases. Yeah. And I know that once we get into uh, like Johnson County in Kansas, for example, is kind of, considered to be a community spread and so they're not a high priority as far as testing because it's just kind of assumed that people have it and so maybe that's where some of that uh, concern is coming from yeah sorry I'm losing <clears throat> getting my allergies are bothering me I just, it's not COVID-19 I promise <laughs> that um, I, I never I never assumed it was COVID-19 but I was just going to tell you if you added a little bourbon to that Pepsi, I'll, you know, I'll work on that. It might me. help out. Yeah, there you go. Jeffrey Michael keeps leaving and coming back. What's going on there, Jeff? Um, so let's see here. I know um, there was a question about proning, and I I don't want to say that there's not a reason not to prone a COVID patient. Um, but as one of our people in the chat responded, it is a pain to deal with. Um, but other than that, he's absolutely correct. No, I don't know any other reason. And also I, 
I haven't read all the literature on this, but I would tell you that I think that this has been more of a it's towards the end. Like um, it's a more of a last ditch effort in some cases that it's not the first thing they're going to go to is proning. So maybe that's another reason is like they are just not seeing patients that they need to prone while intubated or that they're getting um, good enough results with the standard treatment options, Jennifer, and that's why they haven't been proning. There you go. Uh, do either of you think this will end anytime soon? Will we even get a summer? Um, hard to say in this area because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loop yeah. Kayla's two questions together there. Um, have we reached the peak here in this area? No, we have not. Um, they're estimating the peak to be mid to end of this month for Kansas. Um, and some of that is going to kind of depend on everything as far as the rural areas, social distancing. Um, you know, like New York is, it appears they are plateauing and hopefully will start coming down off of the peak. Um, so, you know, they're going to start seeing less cases. We're going to start seeing more cases. Um, hopefully June, July, we'll see enough decrease that, uh, life can get somewhat back to quote unquote normal. And that's my take on it. Tom, what do you think? Um, I think everywhere is a little different. Um, I, I agree that I do not believe the peak has hit the majority of areas. As a matter of fact, I think New York uh, has primarily, um, they're, they're at the top of their plateau and hopefully they will start being able to get a controlled descent from this point forwards. We are still looking at an upcoming surge. Like that's what I was talking about when we covered at the top of the hour was, Hey, we're trying to get cross trained. We're trying to be as prepared as possible before it gets here again. Um, success of social distancing and de population density are big factors on when we are trying to determine if if and when this wave is coming. So for example, I know Ben's area is much less, much less, goodness, has a less dense population. So therefore their wave might actually take even longer to get to. And that's why he gave that longer timeline. We're looking at possibly this upcoming week to two weeks. Higher density population, um, bigger areas, more people. So therefore it's taken a moment to get here, but we feel like it's here. Hopefully some of the barriers we put in place will hold and that plateau or that peak will be much lower than expected, but it's hard to tell just yet. Um, as far as the, go ahead. as far as the summer issue, I, I think we will have a summer or early, or maybe it will go into early fall. I will tell you, Kayla, that this is completely on the population. Okay. If people continue and I've watched, I've watched videos of people drinking at each other's houses and doing all this stuff. Um, matter of fact, Dak Prescott just got in some trouble for possibly oh, hosting a party. That, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, during this. And, if people continue to do this, it's going to continue to go. It's just going to stretch out longer and longer and longer. And I know I've said it before, 
but we're going to pay economically as a country for dealing with this. It's going to happen. Right now, basically, we're paying and we're not reaping any of the benefits because people are continually going out and not practicing good, strict social distancing. And I know there's lots of you listening that are like, well, I do. And I'm sure you do. But when only half to maybe two-thirds of the population is practicing it, you're you're not going to get the full benefit of what we're paying for. So it is uh, – it's just one of those things that I, I hope we will see. I – I think that or sometime around the beginning of July, we may be able to start seeing some easing on restrictions based on some of the things I've heard Fauci say. Um, but honestly, it's just way too early to tell just yet. I think that sounded wonderful. Good job, Tom. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Um, um, Sherry, I wanna, do you believe did you see COVID? the question? Yeah, Sherry. Do you believe COVID-19 yeah, was, was in the U.S. as early as December? Um. I can't definitively say. I can uh, tell you that I think if it was based on um, earlier projections and earlier cases, particularly in Washington, where we had kind of the very first outbreak, as quickly as they went through a nursing home there and killed like 20 people, I think if we were having cases um, in December, I think we would have seen a high number of deaths, particularly in that population, that we didn't necessarily see. Um, I do think there was a, certainly a virus going around. <laughs> like the one Ben's fighting I didn't right catch now. my mute button fast enough there. Um, I do think there was a virus going around, <laughs> and I know everybody tested negative for stuff, but I don't know that it was necessarily COVID-19. It, it's important to remember um, it could have even been a coronavirus. There's lots of coronaviruses. There's lots of different viral upper respiratory infections. So I don't want to jump the gun and say, yes, it was absolutely COVID-19. Um, and, and as Ben pointed out, this is with the population that was first affected. I think we would have seen more deaths faster so I have to agree with him pretty much completely. I think he, I think he stated it pretty well that I, I don't think it is. But honestly, here's the, the flip side. Until we have the antibody tests more widely being used, we won't know. That's, that's the simple fact. I don't think so, but we don't know for sure yet. You want to go to the next question or you want to jump into our next topic? What do you want to do? Um, let's do one more because there's lots of people coming on here. So, um, the Tony, you have probably answered this, but can a person be a carrier and not show symptoms? Tony, absolutely 100% yes. And that is the big issue with possibly everybody starting to need to wear masks in public now that's been a suggestion and the entire reason for the social distancing is because this stuff can spread and spread quickly and you may not even be showing symptoms for they they are saying up to 14 days excuse me but we know for sure around day five most people i shouldn't say for sure and then that rest that doesn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, uh, I haven't even drank that much uh, whiskey yet. Um, realistically, we know that the majority of people are showing symptoms before or by day five. So that means for five days, you can be hugging your grandma, you can be going to the grocery store, you can be around your coworkers and be spreading COVID-19 and have no idea whatsoever. Yeah. So that, yes, you can absolutely be a carrier and have no symptoms. All right. Well, let's jump back into uh, our other topics I'd sent to you earlier. Um, more conspiracy type stuff. Again, oh boy. <laughs> this is a democratic plan to destroy the economy and Trump. Um, there, there's no proof of this. Um, I wonder to what end game, other than I guess destroying Trump, because where does destroying the economy? I don't see how that helps anything particularly. You also don't take into consideration the rest of the world that this is affecting. Um, yeah, you know, Italy, China, um, Germany, lots of countries that are having lots of deaths, uh, which seems to be um, kind of um, odd to try to destroy the president of the United States. Just my take on it. Um, well, well, and the, the last thing that I want to say on that, and then I'll turn the mic over to you. Yeah, that's fine. Um, as we have witnessed, uh, President Trump is not shy about sharing his feelings um, on, well, anything, whether it be at a press conference, whether it be on Twitter, whatever the case may be. If he believed that this is what was going on, don't you think that we would see him coming lock, stock, and barrel with this belief. Uh, and we don't see that. So I just, I, I don't, I don't see it. So I was going to say that I understand not the, um, not the thought process behind it, but perhaps the idea he is he's not popular with the democrats okay True. let's there, there's no point in arguing that and if somebody wanted to say hey is this possible and at least pose it as a question i would be like you know what i i understand maybe where you're coming from because he's not popular with the democrats all right um but all the things you listed realistically need to be part of the conversation it I don't think France, England, United Kingdom, Italy, Russia, who's not reporting cases, but we know it's there, um, China, are all willing to kill their own citizens so that the Democratic Party would have any sort of chance at dethroning Trump. I, I just, I, I think it's one of those far side of the spectrum of political arguments that people, again, they're, they're trying to feed something into it. They've taken one little bit of information, one little bit of, of information, and they're trying to create an argument that realistically, if you just take a step back, you can go, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying that the Democrats don't want to dethrone Trump. I'm not saying they wouldn't do a lot to do it. I think they absolutely would. I think it's unfair to say that they are willing to destroy the economy and kill American citizens to do it. Yeah. And that's 
I, I think that's I think that's just far fetched <laughs> because let's say let let's just extend the argument a little bit, Ben. Let's say that is their plan. Um, okay, let's say what let's say that that's what the Democrats are doing. First, how did they get the other countries to say, I want you to kill your own people to help us? Because that doesn't make a lot of sense. The second thing is we're going to likely head into possibly the largest recession in the history of the United States. What did they gain? You know, that's like, I'm going to, I really want to drive a Cadillac. So I'm going to wreck a Cadillac so that I can buy it cheaper. Well, now you have a wrecked Cadillac. Like that doesn't make any sense to destroy the country to try and take over. And again, I trying to not be political. I, I'm not saying that the Democrats have any love lost for president Trump. I just, right. I can't imagine that an entire platform I and the same thing would go in reverse. If Hillary Clinton had won and people were trying to say the Republicans created the COVID-19 virus to get rid of Hillary, I'd be like, that is absolutely dog shit. Like, like them or not like them. If you like the Republicans, if you like the Democrats or in reverse, you cannot possibly believe that an entire arm of a political party is going to kill its own citizens just to try and rule them. I, I it just doesn't make any sense. I agree with you, sir. So do we want to jump answer some more questions or jump into our next topic? What do you want to do? Uh, let's answer a couple questions. Because I see, I see the proning, <laughs> which I have had to prone patients in ICU before, was a big topic for quite a while. So that's pretty fun. Um, uh, Michael had a long <laughs> question here. We'll address it. Okay. Uh, he said, just All an right. observation, not racial or bigoted in any way. Um, is it? Is it my imagination? But I'm a fellow police or former, sorry, former police officer, and a lot of young officers dying with this virus or black, Hispanic, Italian, or Mediterranean descent. Could this disease be attacking them worse than others? Look at Italy. Just curious. Um, you know, I will say, okay, where that was, I don't see that question. So it was up, it's up a little bit. It was eight minutes ago. Um, okay. Right now, this virus is still so unknown. Um, and that's part of what is concerning is you can have two people who are relatively the same age, relatively the same health, relative, I mean, relatively everything very similar. And one person will have no symptoms whatsoever. And the other person will be on a ventilator and die. And there's, there's, we're still trying to figure out, what it is about this virus that is causing that such a huge spectrum of symptoms. Um, so, I mean, until we can pinpoint the cause, then we won't know that for sure. Um, I have seen some information that um, African-Americans and um those of Hispanic descent are dying at a higher rate, but honestly, I have not seen a pinpoint to what is going on. And as Ben said, you can have 
two 30 year old white males, black males, Hispanic males, whatever, standing next to each other. And the scary thing for me, um, and I, I'm assuming a lot of others, is that I can't tell you which one is going to have a bad reaction. They neither. They might both. The one on the left, the one on the right. I don't know. Um, it that's a truly terrifying prospect because so many times in healthcare, we can point to factors that lead up and contribute to worsening of symptoms. And for this one, it just seems to be like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, certainly there certainly there are factors we do know such as age uh, hypertension obesity um, people that are at higher risk but at the same time when i was reading an article on they're trying to pinpoint if perhaps genes have something to do with this it was a 25 year old all-american lacrosse player no underlying health conditions non-smoker non-drinker as far as i know anyways um and he's in a coma. Yeah, I mean, he w had zero of the markers that we were looking for. And yet he is suffering worse than some of the people that should have been. We would have said, oh, they're going to be on a, vent a ventilator. And yet they're not. We, we do have some generalities like, hey, if you're elderly, if you have heart conditions, if you have respiratory conditions, you're at a higher risk. Right. But realistically, it, it seems to be like that's where it stops. After that, it's it's a flip of the coin. Um, yeah, like I said, until we can study it more and pinpoint it more, we won't know for sure. Um, well, and that that I saw a comment. Um, from uh, Mako, where it says, until everyone's been tested and quarantined, uh, relaxing the precautions will only delay the resurgence of the virus. And I think that plays into it because he's, I, I think he's right. I don't think we can involuntarily, um, you know, I, I guess I misread the question. I thought he meant like involuntarily quarantine people. I was like, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But I, I think he's right. And when you mix people doing, non-social distancing with the fact that we haven't figured out exactly what's causing this we're, we're looking at a resurgence and that is a scary factor to add into this mix it's true um a lot of that i've been seeing this week on social media is bill gates okay Tom. I've read a little bit about this one. I, I haven't seen all of it, though. I actually didn't want to because I knew this was one of the things you wanted to talk about, Ben. So I was like, no, I just want to figure it out on the air. So please regale me with your tale, sir. Um, so Bill Gates, you know, is, is he a humanitarian or is he the devil in disguise? Uh, I guess it all depends upon uh, which camp you're in. Um, lots of things that I've seen that from a conspiracy theory standpoint – you when you pull out certain sentences or you pull out certain things, then it can twist the way that you want it to twist. And then when you look at it in the totality of it, you go, mm, no, not really. Um, does his company own a, a patent for a Corona vaccine, coronavirus vaccine? Uh, yes, they do. It's for livestock, not animals. 
um, which is the same uh, initially when this first came out, you know, and how they had pictures of the coronavirus vaccine bottle that, you know, the, the people are giving their cows. Yeah. Go, See, this is, this isn't new. This is, we've had this forever. That, so that's where that comes from. Um, the other thing that I've seen is that he is all for population control and he wants to just kill everybody off. Um, where this came from, as best as I could tell, um, he, his company, and he's a tech guru, so it's going to be techie. Um, his company was working on a wirelessly controlled birth control. Um, has been working on this oh. for several years. Like, uh, I was seeing stories back on this when I did research, 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, and what it is is like an implant that can be controlled with a smartphone, basically, to either uh, give the amount of hormone or if they want uh, to not have that hormone because they're trying to get pregnant, they can shut it off. That's uh, that's the population control. It's, it's not, again, when you look at the totality of it, that's not really how it was. He, quote, controls the world health policy, unquote. He is one of the biggest donors uh, of, to the World Health Organization as far as making donations, trying to improve health, and trying to, uh, you know, across the world. Does that make the, does that mean that he controls the world health policy? Uh, probably not any more than whenever I make donations places and they don't, you know, that I don't control that. Um, I think people are just trying to twist it. Um, and the last thing that I seen was he did a Reddit AMA, which is an ask me anything if you're not familiar with Reddit, uh, talking about things. And he basically the question to come up about how can we open up the economy with COVID-19 going on? And he made a reference to digital certificates and people jumped all over that um, as far as oh well he's wanting us to do you know this digital certificate and he's wanting us to carry something around and so digital certificates are built into a lot of the software and a lot of the internet and things of that nature looking at the totality of his comment it was looking at pushing out home tests for COVID-19 that you can do at home, you know, like a finger stick, like a glucose. And then that information can be digitally reported somewhere in order to have that. Lastly, um, there was talk of uh, tattoos and that you would have to get a tattoo to show that you have uh, not had COVID or had COVID or whatever the case may be. Again, in looking at it in that statement, okay, that sounds horrible. Man, I cannot quit coughing. 
Nee, you have uh-huh. Jeez. <laughs> he's talking about the third world countries, a like invisible ink type tattoo that can be scanned on like a special reader to determine that we're not talking everybody. And this is ink that is read in, uh, like from no greater than a foot away. There's no microchip. There's no anything like that. Um, I mean, how we've heard that for years that you're going to be microchipped and it still has not come to fruition. It's not going to go into a vaccine. And that's the thing is that that's what I hear now is people going, well, I'm not getting no vaccine from Bill Gates because he's going to put a microchip in it. <laughs> no, just, just no. I, I find it funny when people start saying stuff like, well, Bill Gates will put a microchip in and that's how he'll control me. Um, look at your pocket. I guarantee you there's a smartphone in it. Look at what you're watching this broadcast on. I guarantee you if Bill Gates wanted to control anything, he already has started. Like, he doesn't need to put a microchip in you anymore. No, you we all carry one telling him, Yeah, you, you are literally telling him everything right now. There are cameras in most smart TVs. So for people to act like they don't believe or that they think that somebody would have to implant that chip to track them, they are living in the past. We don't even need a chip anymore. We can track you. We can, the cameras can actually watch your eyes and tell what you're looking at. I mean, for people to not think that, the technology doesn't already exist or isn't already all around them, then they are missing the boat. So I, I I think you covered it pretty well. I, I think it's laughable to think that Bill Gates who has spent a large portion of his fortune to try and get clean water to some villages in Africa is somehow in some cabal to use COVID-19 to control the world when um, if you've ever heard the word Microsoft or looked at any of the technology you're using, you are in some way touched by him already. So he doesn't need a chip. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly think it's a humanitarian aspect of, that, of what he's doing and it's just being misread. No, I, 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 I do understand the trepidation. If someone said, Hey, Tom, you have to get a tattoo. Um, what? I, I understand that. Um, and honestly, I don't think I would want one myself. I, I don't blame anybody for having some questions or some fears. But to take that one idea and then try and snowball it into he's after world domination, I I think you're taking a broad leap in logic to try and make those things come together. Well, and it was a Reddit AMA about... You know, how did he see COVID-19 moving forward? Or how did he see us opening the economy? Things of that nature. It wasn't, by God, this is what I'm going to do. They posed a question. He answered the question. And then they're pulling pieces of it out and using it against him. Well, and that's how most things are now. I mean, if somebody really wanted to, they could edit this broadcast and we would sound like terrorists probably. Probably. 
I I just find it sad and laughable that that's how people try to use the information. Like they're trying to use it in some evil manner to create a problem where one doesn't exist. I have no problem with asking questions or wanting to get to know some information, but damn. <laughs> Could you give the guy a break while he's answering questions and trying to provide some perhaps solutions to what are going to go forwards? I'm not saying they're great. I'm just saying at least someone's working on it. Well, the thing is his net worth, I think they estimated it at like it was either a hundred million a or lot. it was well over a billion. I mean, we're talking Bill Gates. Yeah, it was more than that. I don't remember the exact net worth, but it was. It's like it was more than it, most. It was like a hundred billion. Yeah, that may have been. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like because at one point I think he was like a hundred twenty billion. So yeah, it, it's it's up there. I mean, more than he, most he countries. Could, he could buy a new car if he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he doesn't have to get a credit check to get a new car. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's got that type of money. Uh, no credit checks. That's no great. credit check. Bill Gates. That should definitely like that is a hard flex right there to be like. Um, I don't need credit. Like, woo, that <laughs> dude is moving money. That's that's for sure. So, just throwing that out there. So. I see a question, and I think this is a, a, a really good one. I think this is probably on a lot of people's minds. It comes from Ray. Um, do the homemade masks really work? Uh, well, Ray, I think that's a two-sided question, um, and it's a little higher up there, Ben. I've been scanning back. No, no, forth. you're fine. I've seen it, yeah. Um, I think that's a, that's a two-sided question, Ray, because what do you mean – do they really work? If you are talking about do they work as far as preventing catching COVID-19, then no. Um, to, to prevent any sort of aerosol or droplet inlet, you really are going to need a sealed type mask. If you are talking about will it help prevent the spread, like if you had COVID and may help prevent you from spreading it to other people, then the answer is yes. Is it the best Probably not, but any barrier that prevents you from spreading droplets or shedding viral uh, material where people can then come into contact with it is great. So I would say that overall, I think they're a good thing. I think the reason there's some misunderstanding is because with the lack of proper PPE that most, um, healthcare workers are having to use and then the suggestion came out like hey just use a cloth mask we threw a fit and we should have because that's not what we know to be correct in making ourselves safe while taking care of these patients so if you have seen some flack about the homemade masks that's why it's not that they won't work with prevention or stopping the spread they just don't do a lot to help us with catching it and if you're seeing some of the arguments back and forth that's probably what it's tied to there you go um last thing that i wanted to talk about if i can get through it without 
See, this is what happened. I had a you know, conference call before this, and then I'm trying to talk for an hour talking to you. And yeah, bourbon. Uh, I'll try that next time. Bourbon. Try it now. We'll wait. Go get some. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll wait. What are you gonna do? We care about you, Ben. Are you gonna entertain? We the love masses? you. I'll just. Yeah, I'll sit here and sing um, like Pavarotti or something to them for a little while. They won't even know the difference. Little Facebook Live. He actually did a Pavarotti at a live concert, I thought, or somebody did. Maybe one Pavarotti. I'm talking me. Oh, we don't want that, no. (laughs) Are you sure? Because if I get another bourbon and a Sprite in me, I might just do it. So. Okay. Uh, lastly, it's a hoax, Tom. Uh, we need to just stop distancing and just let everybody know. Ah, yeah. That. Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> people are, do not want you to sing. There's a, <laughs> a mass of people saying, please what? don't. What? That's two. That's not a mass. Uh, I sound like Fergie and Jesus. (laughs) Clearly, they've been drinking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Call me Nighthawk. So, anyway, so it's a hoax. Um, We need to stop distancing. Just let everybody get sick at one time and just be done and over with. Okay. Here's the thing with that. Are people still going to get this virus no matter what? Yes, probably. Um, will, you know, we're, we're trying to flatten that curve, which basically was that we're allowing healthcare the uh, time and resources to be able to take care of people. And uh, if we all just stop social distancing and we all just go out to try to get sick, you're going to see an overwhelming uh, of your local resources to a point that you've not seen before. And we're talking like China and Italy pictures. Locally, just on estimations, there's about 20,000 people here locally. In the world? I said local, oh. damn it. <laughs> yeah, but it was between sips, so I wasn't sure. <clears throat> Locally, there's about 20,000 people, so <laughs> let's say 90% are going to contract it. That's 18,000 people over that are going to be sick over the next four to six weeks. Current estimations are saying that 20% are going to need health care. 4,000 people are going to need health care over the next four to six weeks that everybody gets sick at one time. 10% of those are going to be hospitalized severely ill. That's 2,000 people admitted to ICUs on vents over the next four to six weeks. 3% of those are going to die. 600 people are going to die in the next four to six weeks, and we don't have the capacity to take care of that. Funeral homes, sure as hell, don't have the capacity to, to take care of 600 bodies. That is one local area. Now multiply that out on a national scale. 
you can see why this new push for, oh, let's just stop distancing everybody get sick is going to be bad. We're going to have people dying on front lawns. We're going to have people dying at home by themselves. And we're not going to have the services to take care of them. And you can't stimulate the economy if the people that are meant to stimulate the economy are dead. Tom, your thoughts? That is a... (laughs) Well, I, I notice that this is one of those subjects we've talked about before and it still keeps reverberating and people keep bringing it up and up and up. Um, I, I tried to use, and I, I, I can't take credit for it. It's an analogy. Um, I stole from a meme I saw actually, but it was a very good explanation. It said, you know, I, I don't remember the exact number, so I'll make some up, but it sounds right. Um, like if McDonald's says they can make 2 billion hamburgers a day worldwide and you go up and you order 500 million, you're like, well, they said they can serve 2 billion. That's over, you know, every store in the world, you know, like that's a capacity that they can produce. That doesn't mean if you order 500 million, which is smaller than 2 billion, that you should be able to get 500 million hamburgers. It's the exact same thing with healthcare. We can take care of these people as long as they're not coming in all at once. Right. If all these people show up tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of dead people. A lot of dead people that didn't need to be dead. And they're going to be dead strictly because we do not have the ability to take care of all of them at once. Now, if you take that 10% and you stretch it out over the next six months to a year, we can take care of them. But if you said, well, it's only 2,000 people. Well, if 2,000 people show up tomorrow, a lot of dead people. So I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, I don't know how else to put it to people. Is we can take care of them as long as they don't come all at once. And with the rate of transmission on this being only a couple days if everybody starts hanging out and i know i saw uh, mako talk about this i saw some comments from jeff throughout the comment line um, about possible resurgences etc if they all show up we got problems all right we got like you said we got the china we got the italy we got the, the new york city numbers yeah all happening at once i i hope we don't see that because we're going to be killing a lot of people for no other reason than that they can't get it. And and it kind of makes me angry when I see people um, and to core kind of roll this into it. Um, like when people are like, well, in New York, they have ventilators they're not even using yet. They have them there because they know that this is not going away. They are planning ahead for when they're going to need them. Um, the word stockpile doesn't mean something that you use today. It means something there to draw from when you need it. That's why they are stockpiling some of this equipment as they can. Unfortunately, stuff like we also need, such as PPE, such as the masks, face yeah. shields, etc., they're already running out of it. So at least hopefully if they can get some of the equipment and have it staged and ready so that when the people start rolling in, they can take care of them and that's what they're trying to do. And I think, I think they're doing a decent job. I think they're doing a better job than 
Italy and China. Unfortunately, that's unfair to Italy and China because they didn't know. They got punched in the face. Yeah. And there wasn't anything else they could do about it. So at least here in America, I I will give us, I I will give credit where it's due. um, And the government is trying to help out and get the equipment it can get to some of us so that we are prepared for them when the surge happens. But for people to continuously um, talk about it's a hoax is, well, my first thought is I always want to tell people, okay, well, if you're so brave, go out. Why don't you go out to the ER, start taking care of people uh, with COVID-19 with no mask on. We'll see how brave you are. If it's it's a big hoax, go put your life on the line. Um, But unfortunately, all that person would do would get sick and then spread it around to more people. So I guess that's a dumb idea. But that's my first inclination is I want to say that to people is if it's such a hoax, then you go put your life on the line. But well, and when I talked about the statistics earlier, Tom, um, I, I don't want to just put a number on it. That's 600 people that would be dead. That's 600 people who are mothers, fathers, brothers, siblings, grandparents. Those are real people. And that's, uh, that's the real side of it. Um, yeah. Look look around when you're at work tomorrow for everybody that's listening and pick two of them at random. They're dead. Like, there you go. Like, I just, just a bourbon for you, use that. In your, Hopefully it'll help my cough. Oh, thank you. See? And you are going to feel better, sir. Um, but that's that's realistically do that. If you want to see what it's like to see a 2%, you know, and I, I don't know how many people is in your office, but we'll just say just look around and pick two people at random and say, okay, what if they were dead now? That's what you would have to start doing if this wave comes in the manner in which they think it's it, it could happen. Yeah. So um, I, I, I to try and not be morbid, but the best way to maybe give yourself a realistic reference is just walk into work tomorrow and go, if you are working, if you're not, if you're at home, do that. When your whole family is at home and you're watching TV, pick one of your family members and say, what would I do if that person dropped dead right now? Ooh. There you go. So, um, I worry about getting it on my shoes and not knowing it and taking it home or to my job. Is that a good possibility? There's actually been no documented cases of transmission from shoes at yeah. this point. Um, with that being said, though, I would still recommend. Um, when, I, when I come in, I take my shoes off. I disrobe. I have Lysol sitting right there. I spray my shoes down. My clothes go in the washer. And we're good to go. Um, so I would certainly recommend doing that, particularly because I know Mel works in a nursing home. So uh, do that, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I, I just to, just to touch on that for a second. No, there is no cases, and based on how the virus lives, um, shoes would be a poor um, fomite. By the way, that's the technical word for where a virus is attached to. Yeah, look at that. Um, but it would be a poor surface for the virus to live and possibly cause. However, I tell you, I, I would tell you right now, I am telling you right now, God, yeah, maybe, the, way. maybe I do need, I need, I need another glass of bourbon then. <laughs> um, but basically, you know, I lice all my shoes, the bottom and the tops, you know, and yeah. before I hang them up, uh, I don't see a problem with being, taking precautions and trying to limit any possibility of transmission. But 
Ben is right. It's a very low probability of making that happen. Uh, Pantless Jim, do we know yet if we can get sick with it twice? Um, so I, I listened to Dr. Agus on the Howard Stern Show talk briefly about that. And, you know, right now it's still too early to tell. Um, the, the speculation is there will be some immunity to it, whether that lasts six months or that last a year or that last a lifetime we won't know um, there are cases where people are getting tested and then they're negative and then they test positive two weeks later um, his uh, analogy for that was basically if you're using you know say this test looks for 300 letters of a 10,000 letter code and it's picking it up still so is that 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 person has been reinfected or is that just some residual echo off the original virus? And sadly right now we just, we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I do know of one case, uh, Japan, it was a female. I don't have an age where she was reported to have tested positive twice. However, this was also in the very beginnings of us getting testing rolled out. So as Ben has already told you, the test isn't that simple. That's another thing maybe we should briefly touch on before we get off. Um, It's not magic, okay? So the test has to read something, some component of your blood, your fluid, whatever, whatever medium we're going through, and it is looking for markers. I don't know which which test or how far apart, et cetera, that this young lady or old lady or just lady, um, what she tested, but she was reported to have COVID twice, but that's the only one. And like I told you earlier, we're at 2 million plus cases now. So I think it's unlikely for it to be a recurring infection, but we just don't know the complete extent of what we're getting into just yet. Right. Um, I did have on my private watch party, um, my cousin is a hairdresser and her recommendation is to, uh, telling people to stop asking your hairdresser to come and do some work on the side. Um, you know, we're social distancing, um, for a reason. And that's not to bring people into your house to cut your hair or to go to their house to cut your hair because you're basically going against the current recommendations of if they don't live with you, they don't, they're not with you during this time. So don't do that. But my hair is getting long and I'm Yeah, ready I was going to say, um, so I have not done that. Clearly, I don't really have much use for a barber for my head um i will say though i have a newfound respect for them uh, having to cut my kids hair and just using some trimmers that was an interesting experience i think i did a really good job though but yeah i I don't think i'm going to take for granted anytime soon barbers or hairdressers (laughs) hairdressers right. <laughs> after having to do that and trying to be like, Oh God, 
oh god, the entire time I was doing it, I was like, oh, he's gonna look like he has mange. This is gonna turn out bad. <laughs> but it did go pretty good. So I, I think though that we need to stick with if they don't live in your house, don't bring them into it. Yeah, Jen, uh, it's not a viral culture. It's a uh, a special test that looks for the RNA. And so that's one of the reasons that they we're having the shortage of the actual swab is because the swab cannot have any wood or cotton or anything that had DNA because it will screw up the test. Um, so I'm, I am going to give Ohio State a shout-out, Tom. They are 3D printing Ooh. swabs, and they've also come up with a new viral medium that it can be stored in. Um, so, you know, hey, there you go. Ohio State doing some good things there. Um, but because Go Buckeyes. The, but because it looks for the RNA or DNA signature, um, there cannot be any other DNA in that. So that's where that actual test comes from currently. Well, um, before you get too far off of this, I actually need to shout them out again um, for a... Yeah, um, for a whole new thing, for an article that was just published, I don't know the exact date, that basically is saying um, chest x-rays are pretty much not going to be helpful for COVID-19. They did a study and they found that most people with or without symptoms, I I don't remember the whole study right off the top of my head, we're coming back with pretty normal x-rays. So they were having these patients, they're doing chest x-rays and they were just not seeing anything, but the patient was having a bad time. And so that really CT needs to be the imaging used with a suspected or confirmed COVID-19 patient that chest x-rays are gonna keep coming back normal and it's not gonna do us any good. So way to go Ohio State for helping push the cause and cure forwards. Yeah, there you go. Um, Brock, and you know, uh, you know, I know it pains you a little bit to say that, but no, I, I, it's still true. It is true. <laughs> I was impressed we're going to get you were... to be an Ohio State fan sometime. Maybe. Uh, hey, my cough did get better after I <laughs> took that drink. So, that, yeah. Uh, there's another comment there Someday from, you'll uh, listen to me, ben. from Brock that you need to address there, Tom. <sighs> okay, so Brock is a uh, longtime listener and um, first time multiple time commenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first time. He he really wants to call, but I keep telling him he cannot call. He can post a question just like everybody else. Um, and so, for those that will be eventually listening to this on the podcast. Hello, my guys. So I'm thinking cannabis is the cure for everything. Um, not in this case um, or any case that I'm aware of. I, I think that there is probably some properties uh, of cannabis that are very helpful for lots of things. And I have no problem for with it. And I really think it needs to be taken off the uh, scheduled list by the DEA. And it should just pretty much I, sh- I shouldn't say pretty much it should just be legal everywhere at this point but well, having said that COVID-19. as f- 
having said all that, thank you, Ben. <laughs> it is not going to help with COVID-19. As a matter of fact, in most cases, based on the mechanism of action that we know COVID and that we covered earlier in the broadcast um, and how it damages the uh, air sacs in your lungs, which is where you transmit oxygen to your blood, gumming it up with the massive amounts of tar that is in most inhaled um, cannabis or marijuana um, cultures, and I mean cultures as in the types of plant in this case, um, it's probably actually going to make things worse. It might, might, I shouldn't say might, it probably is going to help tremendously with the staying at home aspect. So I think, <laughs> I, I don't True. think Brock's far off. <laughs> I, I think Brock's onto that. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to cure you once you have COVID-19. If you've been tested positive, you really should not be smoking anything. Yeah. Um, even yeah. in the edible form, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that there's um, any literature or studies on it helping in the. Yeah, I, I knew he was going to go that way. <laughs> um, I, I just I don't see any way that it could possibly help you with ingesting it. Like I said, lots of. Of ways that could probably help you if you don't have COVID-19 with dealing with staying home. But no, it's just not going to help reduce viral load or some of your symptoms. Sorry. If you have very mild symptoms and you're just like, oh, I have fatigue and I don't want to eat. Um, I know there is some. Don't don't even feed. No, don't even. No, Dom. No, don't even feed into it. No, I meant for like. I, I know with chemo chemotherapy patients, like there go. has been some proven help, but <clears throat> I, I just don't see it helping at all with viral. On that note, Tom, I think it's probably time to wrap up. Already? Yes. We'll wait if you want to go make another drink. No, I'm good. Uh, my my wife actually brought me the bottles. So. Why don't you? Do... Yeah, I know, and. My wife is downstairs uh, growling our kids so he doesn't make a lot of noise while we're recording. Otherwise, I'm sure she would make me a drink. But I, how about you just, just do one more for the road? All right, one more, and then we're going to go. All right, hold on, hold on, because I got I, – yeah, because hold on one second. I, yeah, I got, like, one more, like, a little sip down here. So, uh, Ben, is there anything else? On that note – if you're on the front lines, like we said, and you're an essential worker, thanks for doing what you're doing. We appreciate the hell out of you. Keep doing it. Uh, keep wearing your mask. Keep washing your damn hands. And yeah. I'm going to leave Tom's uh, saying to him. Yeah, that was saying, you jerk. I already I saw stopped. you winding up. Don't do it. <laughs> um, do everywhere. Here, yeah, hold on. We'll just do this real quick. Waiting on you, sir. So... Thank you. Um, I did my shot. Oh, well, I was so, for you. Well, video delay. Get on it. Okay. Um, so I, I know people are having a hard time, but realistically, guys, stick with it. We we can get through this together. Um, technology is a wonderful thing to help in this time, especially if you're lonely. And... I see lots of innovative ways people are playing like little 
mind games on Facebook, like here, finish this riddle, etc. trying to engage each other. And I think that's pretty awesome watching because human beings are pack animals by nature and they're trying to form True. those connections, even yeah. if it's not personal. Um, and I know it's hard, but I've seen some of the comments and I agree with them. If we don't, continue the social distancing and we don't get actually stricter with it we're only setting ourselves up for a bigger fall so please everybody social distance wash your hands cover your mouth if you have to cough or if you have a dry cough whether you do or do not have a positive COVID-19 infection please wear a mask 